Thank you for tuning in to Our Black Voices Matter. We can't remain silent. We must speak up. So let the conversation begin. My name is Nicole Vick. I am a public health professional, an educator, a civic leader, and an advocate. I have been teaching public health for the last 12 years, working in public health for the last 15 When I heard about the murders of Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd, I became angry. I think I felt like probably most black Americans felt in that moment. It was unbelievable to hear how two black men were killed on camera for everyone to see. The Ahmaud Aubrey case, I think, really bothered me because we had to fight and push to even get um, his case sort of scene. The video had been taken some time ago and it had just kind of leaked out. And it was like, what in the world? Why aren't these people in jail? And I think it just speaks again to the sort of injustices that we as Black people have to bear uh, for a very long time. I have a very long history in Los Angeles. My family has came to Los Angeles in the 1930s. And just the other day, I was reflecting on, you know, my family's history here, the work that they did. They were business owners. And I thought to myself, I can guarantee you they are turning in their graves for the simple fact that we are still in 2020 fighting for our humanity um, and my great grandparents, my great grandmother was born in 1898. And, you know, just to think about how she would feel if I had to tell her, if she was here for me to say to her, guess what? They're still hanging us from trees. They are still putting their knees in our neck on camera now. It's just the fact the difference is we can now we have proof and we're still fighting to this day. Um, and it's just very disheartening. It's disheartening for me on a number of levels. Of course, first and foremost, I am a black woman. So I feel it on an emotional, very um, visceral level like this is not right. And then also because I am a public health advocate and a public health professional, I understand the long term long term implications um, for our community when we are continuously subjected to these incidents of trauma and violence at the hands of law enforcement. It just it doesn't make sense. And it is so um, disheartening and it makes me very angry and it makes me scared. I have a 23-year-old daughter when she leaves home to go to work or to do whatever she wants to do. I have to always think in the back of my mind, I got to make sure she gets back home. And that's just really a painful thing to have to continuously think about all the time. You know, there's there's two camps of thought. I know a lot of people are very much into peaceful protesting and, you know, that's fine. I also understand why people feel like they have to burn this place down. And again, 
I am a public health professional and we talk a lot about things like systems and structures and institutions and things of that nature. And sometimes when we talk about problems in the black community, like African-American and infant mortality, we always want to kind of figure out how did all this stuff start? Where did it come from? And I always tell people, you know, this stuff is built into the systems and structures of this of this country since the day we got here as black people. Right. Um, In 1619 or whatever date that is. I know there's some debate on that. And so to me, you know, in order to fix our society right now and to make things better for black people, I actually do believe that we have to turn this system over we have to flip them tables and we have to maybe you know burn some stuff down um but there also needs to be people that are doing other things that are peacefully protesting that are at their at the table doing the work so i think it takes everyone um to definitely get things going and i have much respect for people that put their lives on the line um to do those sorts of things i just recently published a book called pushing through Finding the Light in Every Lesson. And in that book, I do talk about the fact that, wait a minute, you know, we often talk about how society and the system is unfair. But I, 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 you know, questioned and challenged that. And I said, wait a minute, I don't think it's unfair. I actually think it's designed. It's working the way that it was designed. And the way that it was designed was to disadvantage people of color, specifically black people. So how do we fix that? It's going to take People burning some stuff down, kind of setting, you know, getting it that force out. Hey, this isn't right. Sending that very clear message. I have a good friend that says we have to speak their language and violence is their language. So sometimes we got to come out, you know, blazing just like they do for them to understand we're not playing. But there also needs to be peaceful protest. I don't have a problem with that, of course. And then there needs to be people that are doing the work. So I think it really definitely takes everyone to do what they need to do. One of the things that I focus a lot on in public health is this idea of violence being a public health issue. We're so used to violence being considered a law enforcement issue, but it really is a public health issue. And I don't know if everyone knows what public health is. Public health is about prevention of disease, promotion of health in communities. So we're looking at community health and thinking about what does violence do to the health of a community? When people are um, scared to go outside, to exercise, to enjoy, enjoy the, the daily things of the pleasures of life because their communities are violent, that definitely has an impact. It causes stress and it does cause some trauma. And as we know in our community, in the Black community, I speak of us as a collective, um, there is a lot of generational trauma in our neighborhoods. And that is very much a public health issue because it impacts how healthy we are because we can't do those things that are um, healthy for us. We can't, you know, seek healthy behaviors because we're so concerned about trying to just stay alive and just to try to sort of continue on with life. So generational trauma can be very damaging. And one of the things I also noticed just in my own personal experience is sometimes we're not even aware of of the trauma. We're not aware of the weight of that trauma on our lives because we're so used to, just like the title of my book, 
pushing through. We're so used to fighting and just trying to make it through. We don't even realize how impactful that trauma is on our lives. And I think that currently we need to do a lot more work. And I think that the tides are turning, having access to mental health professionals, social workers, psychologists, psychiatrists to help us think through and talk through what that trauma means to us and how we can operate through it because it is definitely a serious issue and it impacts again how well we live our lives and how healthy we are think about that stress over time how stress wears down on your body and then the next thing you know you have high blood pressure you may have diabetes you may end up with having a stroke or a heart attack because that generational trauma is so stressful that it really starts to wear down on your health. And it's very dangerous. And I think that is one of the reasons why the African-American community has so many issues with um, diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, and things of that nature. The question always comes up, should the police be defunded? Should we cut law enforcement budgets and things of that nature? Again, I have a public health perspective over pretty, pretty much everything. Um, so I'm always looking at prevention. How do we prevent violence? How do we stop violence before it even starts? And it w- might be surprising to many people to know that in public health and social justice circles, law enforcement is not the first line of defense in creating safer communities. It's not. So even from a public health perspective, we're not talking about more police, um, more patrols, more law enforcement in order to make communities safer. From the public health perspective that I you know, believe in very much, we say that the community has the ability to take care of themselves and, and to command safety and things like that in their neighborhood. And so if you provide resources to, to residents like youth centers, um, recreation for young people, uh, jobs, and things of that nature, people don't have to do other things to try to get by, right? So I do think that there should be more funding allocated to other sources. You would be surprised that to hear that public health is grossly underfunded. Well, wait a minute. Public health is about prevention and stopping things before it starts. Wouldn't we want to spend more money on public health? That seems to be something that would make the most sense. We actually don't spend a lot of money on public health infrastructure. And that is about like programming, staffing um, and other sorts of things. So if we could pay for more money on things like public health, social workers, mental health services, recreational services for young people, we actually would probably do a really good job of reducing crime in communities um, without having to spend more money on law enforcement. So that's my perspective on defunding the police. We could spend that money somewhere else and do a much better job of creating healthier communities. Now, it might take some time, but we can't police ourselves out of this problem. It's so much broader than that, right? And so I think that definitely figuring out ways to allocate much more money, much more money to some of these other resources is the better solution. I have been very lucky. I was going to say blessed, but I actually think it's just luck 
that I have never personally experienced any form of racism that I can tangibly, you know, that I can think of at top of my mind or even police harassment. I think, I, you know, again, I can't say, oh, I was, I've been this perfect person. I've been this model person. I've followed all the rules, but I think that I just have been lucky. You know, I have not had the coin flipped, you know, in that in that in that area for me to to end up in a situation where I have felt racism directly or police harassment. And I know for sure that that's not the case for people that look like me in my community. I'm from South Central Los Angeles. I literally live down the street from where Nipsey Hussle was killed on Crenshaw Slauson. So I know that that's not the truth for other people, but for whatever reason, I have been lucky to not have had that experience directly. But again, I know people that have had, um, you know, incidents of racism or police harassment in their lives. So I think at the end of the day, it's really important for everyone to think through a responsible, reasonable public health, social justice response moving forward regarding all of the issues that we're talking about in regards to violence, generational trauma, and the disproportionate impacts of all of these social structures and how they impact Black communities. So yes, the system works for the people that it was intended to work for, and those people are not me or you. <laughs> so how now do we think about turning this system upside down, flipping those proverbial tables, you know, flipping them tables and saying, this ain't, this ain't it. How do we move towards that to the other side where everyone has access to all of the systems and institutions and resources in society so that their lives are healthier free from violence. We are free from discrimination. We can access every single system that anybody else, you know, we can go to school and our schools are funded well. We have good teachers and, and, ch and children are excited to learn. For example, where we can access housing and it is affordable and it's quality housing. We have jobs that pay us well and we can afford a standard of living and have health insurance and all these great things, we are gonna have to turn this system in America on its head. And I think that's the only way where we'll truly see um, fairness and equity, not equality, right? Equity. Equity means that we give people what they need in order to live their best life. And some people need more help because they started behind the line. Some people need less help because they got a head start. How do we make that work for everyone?